So we're entering this season of celebrating Jesus' birth. And, uh, you know, for birthdays, we typically want to make the birthday boy or girl feel loved, feel special. And Jesus is very clear about how we can do that this holiday, this, this Christmas season. And frankly, every day, all year, all year round. This is what makes Jesus feel loved. It says, if you love me, in John 14, keep my commands. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. So what better way to celebrate Christmas than to do what Jesus said? And we've been working through Matthew's gospel and we happen to be in a place uh, in chapter 10 where Jesus is giving this discourse, this, this chunk of teaching to his followers Uh, He's telling them what to do as they go out living on mission. So our text today is Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 15. And here we're going to see Jesus giving like the definition of the mission. He's he's giving them this mission, sending them out on mission. And and here he's giving them the who, the what, and the how. So if, if you're able, I invite you to stand with me as we read this passage out loud. Actually, I'll read it out loud. It'd be kind of a long and tedious one to all read together. So, these 12 Jesus sent out instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without pain, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for the worker deserves his support. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it, and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet. When you leave that house or town, truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Thanks. You can have a seat. So again, this is Jesus giving the definition of the mission, kind of the mission parameters. And then next week and then the weeks to come, we're going to see Jesus moving into expectations, what they can expect as they go out on this mission. And, and Matthew 10, uh, I don't know if you've ever encountered this as you've read through this part of the Bible. It's, it's really kind of a challenging section for me because you cannot just read it and apply it directly to your life. You can't just read these directions and think, oh, I need to go and leave my staff at home. You know, like it's, it's just not quite like that for us. But um, it's full of timeless principles for us. So I just want to acknowledge the differences up front. We did this last week, but I want to remind us, uh, clearly this is a short-term mission trip with unique parameters, unique mission directives from Jesus. Like healing every disease and every affliction, um, that was just for them then. We, We just can't do that now. Not every disease and every affliction. Jesus said, go only to the Jews. That was for them then. That was like specifically their directions, not ours. And, and also, we just have to acknowledge, Jesus gave this set of instruction just to the 12 
by name. But while these specific instructions may not apply to us, the intent, I just want us to see God's heart behind this teaching absolutely does apply. And so when we come across, when I come across texts like this, that it's like, you know, I'm not sure what about this relates to my life. Uh, it helps me to read it in light of a text that's similar, that does apply very directly to our lives. So Matthew 28 is the very end of this gospel. And, and this is how Matthew's gospel ends. Jesus came to his disciples and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So keep that in mind as we go through Matthew 10 today, where Jesus gives us the definition of the mission. So first, first in Matthew 10, Jesus addresses who to go to, right? And he says, go only to the Israelites. Verses five and six, these 12 Jesus sent out instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles, enter no town of the Samaritans, but just go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And you might be thinking, why? Why is Jesus telling them only to go to this specific people group? And I think the best way to understand it is uh, if, if this half of the room was all, we were all working on a group project together and we kind of got stuck, um, you wouldn't, if you, if you kind of got a breakthrough on this project we were working on, you wouldn't go to that half of the room and tell them about it. You'd go to this half of the room because we're all working together on this specific thing. And that's the story of the Old Testament. God called out the nation of Israel to work on a specific project together, namely making his glory known to the nations, the whole world. And now through Christ, God the Father is inviting them back into this project of being a light to the nations. And uh, he's just inviting them in. So that's who God started with. And so he's inviting them in first so that everyone would know who he is, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so that's why Paul, in his letters, he says, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. That's, that's what's going on. It's referencing back to their relationship history. So that's why Jesus is saying, go only to the Jews. And that's for them then. You know, like a lot's changed from the time that we're in today versus the time Jesus gave that teaching. But it's still, there's some applicability because for us now, we have to know who are we going to? Who are we called to go to? And Matthew 28 answers it clearly. We're called to go to all nations, everybody. And this implies very much that we have to learn how to be friends, have relationships with people who are not like us, people of different cultures. And it, and it also indicates that the gospel moves us towards those kind of relationships. So for, for application, here's what I invite you to do. I mentioned that connection card. It also doubles as a opportunity to take notes if you like handwritten notes or you can use your phone. But um, for application, I'm going to give us just a minute on a piece of paper or on your phone, write down one person who you can go to who is not following Christ. We're not interested in just talking about this. We want to do it. So I'm going to give you a minute. Just write down one 
one person in, in your life who's not following Christ that, that you can go to? Now I'm going to give us another little block of time to just pray for that person. Or if you prayed for them as you wrote it down, pray for them again. <coughs> All right, that's good. That's a good job. That's what it that's a big part of what living on mission with Jesus looks like. You know who you're called to go to and you go with him. So after telling them who to go to, Jesus next tells his followers what to do. This is verses seven and eight. He says, Proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. Which is exactly what Jesus has been doing ever since he publicly started his ministry in Matthew four. Jesus began to preach, Matthew 4 says, repent for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven has come near. And Jesus went through Galilee teaching, proclaiming the good news and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And then in Matthew chapter 9, it's kind of the same thing that Matthew repeats. It's a literary device when he's repeating the same phraseology of Jesus going through the towns, teaching, proclaiming the good news and healing every disease and sickness. And it might be, you might be thinking, if I went to people and said, the kingdom of God has come near, they, they would be puzzled. And, and if I'm charged to go and heal every disease and sickness, then I'm puzzled because I don't know how to do that. But what Jesus is telling us, I believe the principle that applies to us now is that we are to show and tell the gospel. Jesus tells them, go show and tell the good news of the kingdom of heaven. And today, we're called to go and show and tell the good news of the kingdom of heaven. So that's what's the same. And so think about that person that you wrote the name or that you jotted down in your phone. What would it look like for you to go and show and tell the gospel to that person? Maybe be patient with them, being kind, which might be really difficult for you to be kind to them over time, to listen there's countless ways to show the gospel. But it always has, you always have to tell the gospel in addition to showing it. So think about telling them. If, if that was the next thing you were doing today, how would you feel if right after this you had a lunch appointment with this person you've been praying for and you're praying for opportunity? How would you feel about sharing the gospel? Um, it's pretty normal to feel a little bit nervous, uh, even if you've had lots of practice. That's not necessarily bad. So, so just think about how to show and tell them the gospel. Just take a moment and, and spend time in prayer thinking about that.
And then finally, Jesus moves on. He actually spends most of his time with this, how, how to live on mission. In verses 8 through 15, uh, he talks about how to live on mission. And specifically, I, w- I would summarize it as live full of faith. Live faithfully on mission. Generously giving of yourself and dependently receiving from God. I, I want you to hear this scripture again because this is where we can easily get lost in the weeds. Jesus says, you received without pain, so give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff. For the worker deserves his provision, his support. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who's worthy and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone won't receive you or listen to you, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that town or house. Truly, I say to you, it'll be more bearable for the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. So, so look at how Jesus is teaching his followers to live. He spends most of his time in, in defining the mission, just telling them, hey, here's how you do it. You have to trust God for your daily provisions. That's what he's talking about with the whole gold and copper and bringing your bag. I think at this point, like if we're really honest, a lot of us are like really grateful that, you know, we're allowed to bring a backpack. We're allowed to bring our wallet with us on mission today because this, at least the way I'm teaching it is this text isn't like specifically binding on us today. But the principle, the principle of, okay, I don't rely on my wallet. I can bring it with me. I don't rely on my cell phone. You know, like I'd say that's, you know, modern day equivalent to a staff because when they were traveling, you know, they had to have their staff for support. But also if there was like some wild dogs or something, you know, you got to beat those dogs down. What are you going to use? Just a staff. I, I, think that's, I think that's what it was there for. It was a multi, multi-purpose tool. No bag for your journey, you know, like, Ladies, that's your checked luggage, you know, your carry-on that you're allowed. He's saying none of that. Like, we got to personally, more personally connect to these first century realities. This was their daily provisions that Jesus is saying, no, don't, don't, don't take those this time. And again, I I believe it was this time for them then. Don't, don't take those. Because he was trying to teach them, rely on your father in heaven. No extra clothes, no shoes, no staff. Because God is going to take care of you day by day for daily provisions. He also, in verses 11 through 13, I'd say he's, he's inviting them to trust God with seasonal stability. So they enter a town, they, they made it there, even though they don't have day-to-day provisions. And then they enter a town and they're, and they're like, where, where are we going to stay? You know, like, and, and Jesus is teaching them that someone's going to open up their house to you. And if it seems to fit, if it seems to be a good situation, your peace will come on that house. You and everyone in that house will have peace. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like taking a new job. It's like, I think this will be good, but we'll know more in two or three weeks, two or three months, if this is actually a good fit. And he's saying, trust God for your seasonal stability. That when you're in this place, he'll provide everything that you need for your time at that place. 
And then in verses 14 and 15, he says, trust God with the outcomes of your time. It, the outcomes of our life on mission have eternal significance. So in verses 14 and 15, that's where he says, if someone won't listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that town. It'll be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town on the day of judgment. So what that means is trust God with the outcome of your life on mission. You're just the messenger. I'm just the messenger. As we live on mission together, we are just the messenger. Meaning, other people's choices are not our responsibility. So they would shake off their feet as a symbol that, look, I've done my responsibility here. And before God, I'm, you know, I've been faithful here. I'm not responsible for your choice. And I think that we can do that without burning bridges, without not caring for people who make bad, foolish choices. But we can move on and recognize that not all hope is lost for them. We don't take personal responsibility for their part, but for our own part. And of course, that's easier said than done, but honestly, anything, anything valuable is easier said than done. So in summary, Jesus is teaching how to live on mission here. Total dependence, that you'll have everything you need today because God will provide. You'll have everything you need for this month or this season because God will provide. And as you live on mission, when you give your life away, you don't have to worry about the outcomes because God will provide. He's in control of that. So our primary concern is not taking care of us, but seeking God's kingdom. When we live on mission this way that Jesus has taught, we'd be living out what he taught in Matthew six thirty three: Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, which in Matthew 6, all these things are daily needs. All these things will be provided for you. And so this kind of life, this, this life on mission, it's an invitation to all of us which means that God is present in your life when you repent and trust and do that over and over, you're experiencing God's ongoing, increasing presence in your life. And that might, that might feel incredibly ordinary and mundane to you, but the reality is when, when I stop and think about that, me living faithfully, you living faithfully, where God has placed each one of us, that is thrilling the first few centuries of church life was set ablaze, not by pastors preaching or by incredible youth groups growing in numbers, but the first few centuries of church life was set ablaze by ordinary people living faithful lives, sharing Christ with their sphere of influence, and often suffering negative consequences. But when others turn you down, you can feel whatever you feel, but choose to not take it personally. You move on, and yet you don't burn bridges. So the who for them then was different. They were called to the Jews. We're called to anyone and everyone. The what for them was different too. They said, Jesus said, preach the kingdom of God is at hand and, and follow it up with miraculous demonstrations of kingdom power. But the principle of show and tell the gospel is the same for them then and us now. And the how for them was different as, as well. That they were required to leave their wallets, leave their cell phones, leave their cars, count on someone else for their housing, but we are required 
to trust God with everything completely. And I think sometimes it's harder for us to do that when we can keep our stuff than if we give it all up. Again, God's not calling you to give it all up in that way, but he is calling us all to put him first. And as we live on mission, we'll see that we have nothing to offer apart from ongoing abiding relationship with Jesus himself. So quite simply, all of this is an invitation from Jesus. If, if we want to be serious this Christmas season about um, making known that Jesus is the reason for the season, if we want to be serious about letting this season shape our lives, uh, it's just an ongoing reality of what discipleship to Jesus is. It's being with Jesus and learning to be like him. That's what discipleship to Jesus is. And so as we, as we do this, as we seek to love Jesus with our obedience, he actually gives us a gift. Remember how Matthew uh, 14, 21 ends? I'll make myself known to him. I'll make myself, my father and I will make our home in him. So let's love Jesus with our obedience, with our living on mission, and let's receive the ongoing gift of his presence. And Father, thank you that uh, you do not expect perfection from any of us, but you invite us into this direction, following you, learning to be with you and to be like you, Thank you that even in uh, texts like these, when it's talking about staffs and sandals and things that are so foreign to us, your word is true and it's useful so that every person can be equipped and trained in righteousness. And I, I pray that over this next month, our hearts would become more, more and more attached to you, Jesus, and what you have done and what you are doing. And we long for what you will do when your reign and your kingdom is come in fullness. Help us as we continue to worship you now.